You're listening to The Modern Single Mom, a weekly podcast highlighting the journey of single moms navigating life, love, co-parenting, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tiana, also known as T, but more importantly, Mom. Joining us on The Modern Single Mom this week, we have Monica J. Sutton. Many of you may be familiar with her due to the circle time with Miss Monica. However, today she's going to be joining me to talk more about behaviors that have presented themselves during this quarantine as she does work as a behavior specialist. So, Miss Monica, thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So as I was saying, I know many people was recently introduced to you because of the circle time with <laughs> Monica, but today I kind of want to talk to you more so in regard to the work that you do as a behavior specialist. I, I don't know if many of the listeners know that that is your background. So can you just give like just a brief overview of your profession, if you will? Oh, sure, sure, sure. So I have been uh, actually a little over... No, more than a little over 18 years, <laughs> definitely over 18 years, I've been in the early childhood education field and I've worked as a special education teacher and my focus has always been on behavior. So challenging behaviors with children in the classroom and at home as well. And so over the years, that has always been my focus, but I am still a teacher at heart. And online, I, I right now, as you said, so many people know me for the Circle Time with Miss Monica videos, but behavior specialist is also my title. And I also speak about child behavior online and I have done that for a few years. And it's something I, I definitely enjoy doing. And one of my goals and purposes I feel is to make sure that children are understood. And I think behavior is one of those things where it can get tricky. And oftentimes we look at children's behaviors as it's just negative or the, you know, what a lot of people like to say bad or that's a bad child. And so I love to dive deeper into the conversations about child behavior. So, yes, so that's just a little bit of uh, my background. And I thank you so much uh, for giving that brief overview, because I think mm -hmm. right now a lot of us are seeing a lot of different behaviors um, mm -hmm. We've all been in with children for a very extended period of time. And so I know, like myself, the I think the glaring question is, what's going on? I've been trying to put a name to my child's behavior, um, whether it's the tantrum, then like daily fallouts, or just like over-independence right now. And so I know on my own, I was doing a little research, and I kept mm -hmm. coming a term called regression. Um, so can you talk to us more about regression and what that actually looks like and if that's what we're seeing right now? Well, in terms of behavior, definitely in this climate that we're in right now with COVID-19 um, and these mandatory quarantine, self-quarantine, definitely you're probably seeing a little bit of regression. And that basically just means that your child is, is almost like going backwards. So skills that they've had before, you may say, um, what happened? You know, they already knew how to do that, or that hasn't been a problem for so many months or for so many weeks. Why are we starting to see that again, as far as behavior goes or for academic skills? It's, uh, they, they knew how to sing their ABCs or they knew how to identify the letters in their name and now they're not doing it. So that's, when you say regression, that's what we mean, that it's kind of almost like going backwards where, 
you're starting to see what feels like your child losing skills or doing things that they weren't doing before that you know that they've grown out of. So that's what you're starting to see a little bit of maybe, but a lot of it's coming from the changes, the changes that your children have gone through, that you've gone through, we've all gone through all of these changes. Transitioning is not always easy. And when it comes to the quarantine, there really wasn't any real transition. It was kind of abrupt in so many, for so many reasons. It was just like this abrupt change. There, was, there wasn't a lot of preparation. And so for young children, especially, anytime their routine, their schedule, things that they're used to is broken up or is disrupted in any way, you're going to see a little bit of regression or you're going to see behavior changes. And so it's normal to see these changes, but it's really because of their comfort level being compromised. It's they're, they're not comfortable anymore. They're not sure what's happening. They're not sure what to trust or what's going to happen next. And most children, just like adults as well, we, we like to know what's about to happen. We like to know what's going to come next and what we can trust. So that, that's, a, that's some of the reason as to why you're starting to see maybe some behavior changes, maybe some regression. Okay, so with that, how do we even, mm-hmm. like how do we address that, like in terms of providing that, that level of comfort or, mm-hmm. you know, you see these different behaviors presenting themselves? Because I know for me, yeah. I don't really like to reprimand my child but then I know right now these are not everyday behaviors, but I don't want him to feel like, you know, it's okay to display this behavior. So how do we treat new behaviors? Well, the first thing I want, I always tell parents to do is to implement a pause, what I like to call a pause, which is basically mean you stop, you freeze, whatever you want to, you know, um, define it. But basically when, when these challenging behaviors happen, before you even react or respond, you, you really want to take a pause. You want to pause in and ask yourself, okay, am I ready to respond to this? Am I in a calm state? Because being in a calm state really helps you to, to respond in a, in an understanding way. And if you're frazzled, your child's frazzled, everyone's frazzled, then chances are you're going to respond in an emotional way, which turns into a reaction. You're just reacting to the behavior. You're reacting to what you don't like. And so if you can try to calm yourself down and take a pause, that is the number one step across the board, even in challenging situations with adults, <laughs> not, not just children. But you know, just finding that calm is very important. And then the second thing I would say is, really just accepting. First and foremost, we do have to, all of us have to just accept that, you know what, this is this is our norm right now or our current state right now. So it is what it is, right? Instead of just always trying to go back to, but they were like this or they weren't doing that. And this is not this and they shouldn't be doing this. Let's just say, you know what, this is the current state right now. This is where my child is at right now. Um, yes, we're starting to see some behaviors we don't like, they're negative, but this is what it is. I'm going to accept that this is where it is and this is where my child is. And you try to meet them there. And that's not always easy. And I don't think that every situation you're gonna sit and talk to yourself and talk this out, but it's just more or less a way of just, it's like a lifestyle, it's like a way of just living and just, and just, conducting or handling challenging situations. You just, okay, I'm gonna just accept this. This is what's happening. And then you try to understand it. Meeting your child where they are is you trying to really understand what's happening, why it may have happened, what may have triggered it. Um, 
So if you can start to just really, even if you're writing things down or you're just kind of taking notes mentally, it's trying to understand what's triggering it. Is it, na is it nap time? Is it bedtime? Um, are we, you know, taking a walk? Is it when it's time to do lessons and they're just, they just defiant and don't want to do it? What, what is the time of day or the specific thing that may be triggering it? And that's a part of like really understanding, understanding your child's feelings and understanding where they are in that moment. And then the third thing I would say is support. Really, really just offering that support. Once you have accepted where your child is and once you understand maybe what some of the things, some of the triggers are, then you can start to support them. Support them where they are and give them the guidance that they need because they do need you in those moments. They don't necessarily need us to always say, don't do that and that's so bad and this is so bad and you're so bad. It's really, um, so the support piece, it's so important. It's not really you saying, um, you should do this. You have to do this. It's really just trying to calm your child, be there for them, comfort your child. So if there's a meltdown, let's just say, or tantrum or a meltdown, which a lot of young children have with this crying and it's the, you know, some of them are kicking on the floor and it just seems like the end of the world for a child. You want to be, a, be there to try to calm them. That's where the support piece comes. You have to give them that calm because trying to negotiate with a child in that type of state it's almost like it's 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 there's no win-win for anyone. It's almost like it's just going to just get even more challenging. There's going to just be butting heads. So you really want to try to calm them down and just be that support for them in that moment. And then you can try to guide them after that. Once they're calm, then you can talk it out and guide them. And of course, it depends on the age of your child, because, you know, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, that, that's a huge difference. You're going to talk to them in different ways. You're going to guide them in different ways and give them solutions in different ways. But you know your child best, but you definitely want to guide them once they're calm. You definitely want to offer them that support and, and talk them through it. And also really think about problem solving trying to help them and yourself understand, well, why do you feel that way? What got you to this point? Why did you get so upset when mommy said you can't have the cookie? Why did you, you know, you know, stomp out the room? Why did you throw your toy down? All of these different things, it's, it's guiding them to talk it out, really talk it out. That way you can offer them solutions, which basically is how should they act the next time? What is another option other than whatever it is they did? You really want to offer them those solutions. So that's the guidance piece. So with those four things, including the, of course, the pause, I think those four things, if you can just really start to think about those four things when it comes to challenging behavior, I think you definitely would be on a, the path to understanding your child's behavior a little more. Okay. And, you know, you said something that I want to revisit it because I know for so many of us, we are thinking about what we can do right now in this new mm -hmm. normal. And it seems like for some of us, we are starting to kind of find our footing. But then in the back mm -hmm. of my mind, like I'm thinking about the news and I'm saying, you know, certain states are starting to reopen. And so for me, it's like, okay, now that my son may be used to our new normal, it seems like we may be readjusting. So when mm -hmm. should I start considering what that will look like moving forward because again like for so many of us we're just now mm -hmm. starting to get situated with this new normal but it looks like we're going to be thrust into like another life another. so like how can we 
start making these adjustments? Like, is that something we should start doing now? Or, you know, should we just wait until we are kind of thrust into that new lifestyle again? Mm-hmm. I, 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 for me, it just seems like everything is constantly changing. And so I just feel like this year will be one that's, you know, I'm struggling as a mother to really figure things out. And it's going to be a matter of readjusting all the time. So how right. can I create some like some calm for myself? Because, again, yes. we're already talking about reopening the states. <laughs> right. Right. And you're right. I think you said something that is so key. And I, I hope everyone heard that is that you said, well, how can I create that calm for myself? And I think more than anything, before you even try to create that for your child, it starts with you. How can you calm yourself down? Because this, if you're responding to your child in a frantic way, or if you're coming to them in a frantic way, they're going to pick up on that energy. And if they don't think you're comfortable and you're okay, then they might be a little nervous. So you definitely want to find your calm first and foremost. And I think, again, that goes back to the pause, finding your calm. It's so very important because that energy is definitely going to transfer to your child. But as far as the new transitions and transitioning again, because we will transition again, and we don't know what it looks like. It's state by state and city by city and everyone is doing things in phases. So you don't know. But I think what's important is to continuously talk to your child. So, of course, depending on your child's age and their developmental level, you talk to them based on where they are and what they're going to understand. But you can talk to them about their feelings. How are you feeling? I know we've been in the house a lot and you miss so many friends and you really want to go back to school if they're in school and you have those conversations. I think you keep having those conversations because they are going to keep having feelings and they're going to keep not understanding some of those big emotions they're feeling. So you want to keep talking to them so they'll express themselves with you. And then as far as preparing them for the transition, I think the talking piece is a, a plays a very heavy role in that, talking to them and continuously talking to them and allowing them to express their feelings. But then you can't you can't really prep too much for it because you don't know what's going to happen next. You're not really sure date-wise. You're not sure what month we, you know, are they going back to school? Are they not? Is school just completely over? Are we just going going to straight into summer? Is is there even vacation, camp? Can we still see family? You know, so there's so many questions that are still out there on the table. I would just say you continuously keep talking to them. And as you get more concrete details and you're able to really write out your schedule and understand what's about to happen and how you want this transition to go, then you can start really prepping and saying, okay, well, I'm going to start talking to my child about going back to school because I know what's going to happen. Let's just say it's going to happen in August. I know it's going to happen in August. So I'm going to start reading books about that. I'm going to start having conversations about school. We'll talk about friends that the child used to have or friends they may make. We'll talk about teachers and what school may look like, you know, all of those things. But you can't do much of that until you start having a few more concrete details on what's happening where you live. So, you know, you take your time and you just really have to think day by day. At this point, it's really day by day. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I mean, like, it's so hard to really put anything in place. But for me, I tell my friends all the time, I try to be as intentional as possible. And I am a planner. And I think that's the one component of all of this that's just got me spiraling. The fact that I cannot plan because I don't even know what I'm planning for. Um, But with that in mind, if there were any three main pieces of information that you really want to resonate with listeners, what Mm -hmm. would it be? Oh, the three would be definitely pause. 
finding your calm. Pause and calm go hand in hand. I just want, and especially in this, this climate right now, just to, as a parent, to find your calm and to really figure out what it is that calms you down. How can you find, even if it's just a few minutes, you that piece is really important, finding your calm. So pause, find your calm. I think that would be number one. And the second thing is understanding. Really take time to understand what your child may be going through, what they may be feeling, and then the third piece is support. Support them in expressing themselves, understanding that what they have to say and what they're feeling is important and continuously encourage them to express what they're feeling. Those three things to me are not only in the time like this, but every day. Those are things every day when you're dealing with just parenting and challenging situations, those three things are so important. So it's the, the pause, the understanding and the support. Those three things, definitely. I hope those resonate. So I can let the listeners know where they can find you on social media. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You can find me almost across the board. I won't say every platform, but Instagram, Facebook, you can definitely find me at Monica J Sutton. And I'm also on Pinterest just a little bit, <laughs> but okay. definitely, and of course, YouTube for the videos. My channel is Monica J Sutton. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to share.